Hi guys, I am Marin Power. Um, this is going to be my take two of my autobiography and my friend Cora Williams is here to interview me. So here we go. Okay, so to start things off, um, what main topics, systems, and structure did you focus on on your last autobiography? So in my last autobiography, so to start back, I've had a very interesting educational path, so I'll give you a quick recap um, of my last autobiography I wrote. So I moved to America seven years ago from Ethiopia, and I did not, I had, I did not speak English at all. So I had to learn in first grade English um, in my first grade class while everyone in my class was learning how to read chapter books, which was really interesting for me because. Um, I was really behind and I, it, which already like separated me from my classmates. Um, but I was able to learn English very quickly and catch up with my classmates. It took me, I think about like three to six months to learn English. Um, and my parents were really impressed by that. So moving forward in middle school, I had a little bit of reading, tutoring, or tutors for reading and math, you know, to still stay caught up, um, and to stay on top of everything and then in but I was still I grew up in a very um, predominantly white community which meant that I had I was about the only black person in all my classrooms and even sometimes in my grade until I got to high school and in high school we had um, other communities from Boston come in to our high school and they and they were black, Latino, and so I was able to be in a classroom. Now maybe there's two of us, three of us, um, and I was able to have a little bit more diversity in my classrooms. Um, so that shaped me growing up a little bit. Okay, so what evidence do you see of your own socialization in your educational autobiography? So there are two ways. So my first one is having to hide I had to hide a little bit of my Ethiopian heritage because my goal was to really fit in. Like, I really wanted to fit into the American culture. I wanted to fit into my community I was around. And it was basically, I was all white. Um, and often I was the only black person in my church, uh, my soccer team, my, you know, any team I was on or any organization I was in. But, um, so I had to, like, I was, my whole mind was about like assimilating and I just wanted to, I had like a huge desire to fit in. Um, so that, that's my first reason. And my second reason is that I had to, um, my, my school district that I grew up in had a really high um, education um, like value. So I was in, being in that environment, I really had to push myself and, you know, education and being, really good at you know getting good exams studying hard was always on my mind like it wasn't the second option if you know what I mean um, um and it was yeah so in the book um the cycle of socialization on page 17 um the author is Bobby Harrow um he writes immediately upon our births we begin to socialize we begin to be socialized by the people we love and trust the most, our families or the adults um, who are raising us. 
They shape our self-concepts and self-perception, the norms and the rules we must follow, the rules we are taught to play, our exceptions, our expectations for the future, and our dreams. These people serve as role models for us, and they teach us how to behave. So thinking about this quote, it made me think about my parents, my my um, adopted ba- um, parents, and how they always, they really pushed on me, like, education like I I and having like a good behavior like they molded me into you know like I they had my mom had me starting thinking about college like in middle school which is kind of crazy to think about it now like as middle schooler thinking about college so I think growing up in that environment for me was a little bit thinking about socialization like you know, it was, it was normal then, but now that I look back, it's like, not everyone's always thinking about school and college, because there's, you know, other issues going on, if that makes sense. That's really interesting. Uh, to go off of that point, I just have one follow-up question. Yeah. Do you think you going to college was what made you realize that, that last point about, like, you know, education and the emphasis on education in your family? Like, just that that's not how it is for everyone. Did it, like, take, you know, AUX? Or was it, like, you going to college the first time and you realizing that? I would definitely, definitely was going to college. I would not necessarily say AUX. <laughs> but um, I did, I did not mention earlier, but I did, I, I transferred from a different school. My first college was um, in Massachusetts in, in the middle of nowhere, and it was a small school. And it was not anywhere academically rigorous as the school. So going to that school, I fig- I learned, like, like a lot of people were there, you know, they were going because they had to go to college. Like, they weren't, like, wanting to go to college, if that makes sense. And for me, I think it was a little bit different because I was taught, like, education will help you be a successful person, if that makes sense. So I think going to college made me realize, like, education or school is not on everybody's mind it like broke the mold a bit yeah yeah interesting yeah so uh moving on do you see yourself as a privileged person yes I very much do and I think when people look at me as a black young woman um that that I'm not privileged um but my privilege comes from coming from a very I guess middle class family and I was able to go to really good school um and now I'm able to go to a really good college um so that's my privilege like education I honestly think education is my privilege um not a lot of people get to go to college and some people don't even get to graduate high school um so I'm very thankful for that um but in the book um why am I always told to check my privilege on page um 57 or 59, I believe, um, the author writes, so what is privilege? Um, is it as many fear, good, in quotes, good shit you should feel bad about having so that other people can feel better about not having? No, it's not. But that isn't to say that understanding privilege won't make you feel bad, end quote. Um, so I found this quote very interesting because I think many people if you have privilege, I think many people feel bad about it. But to what I think is that if, if you have privilege, like, don't feel bad about it. Like, understand it. 
and then use that privilege to better yourself and other people, if that makes sense. So my privilege is education. So I plan to use my privilege, um, you know, I'm going to a good school, I'm getting, I'm studying public health and health promotion. And so I hope to use that to help the less fortunate, if that makes sense. Great. Yeah. So moving on also, who can education benefit and who can it marginalize? Okay, so in my opinion, I think education can benefit Right now, I think it benefits middle class to rich people um, and and mostly white people um, with the exception of some minorities. Um, but the marginalized group would be the low-income black, Latino, and other minority communities. Um, I don't know. I know where I'm from, from Boston. Um, in the suburbs where I'm, the suburbs that I'm from, you can definitely tell the good schools where the te- the good teachers are, where the money is, is, you know, the white community. And then you go out into the city where, you know, where there's, um, it's more low income and there's more minorities there. The education is not, it's not there. And you can even say, you can see it with the test results and all that up. So I wish that there was a, w- a way that it would be fair, you know, I guess for public health or for pu- public schools, um, um, the t- I guess the tuition or the money comes from taxes. So in my town, people were able to put more money into the school because they were willing to pay higher taxes. Um, so I wish there was another way that we could get, you know, in different, in different communities more money but you know not a lot of people are willing to you know help other people at expense of their money right that makes sense that does and to go off of that playing devil's advocate a bit here what would you say to the people in their opinions that see like say kind of you know I was able to do it you know like I don't get everything easy either like specifically talking about minorities or like Mm. saying it's all about your work ethic or this like how would you you I think work ethic that 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 helps at a certain degree like if you have those opportunities in front of you and then it's about work ethic so the communities that I'm talking about like a lot of time in the classrooms like you know it, it's it's not a classroom atmosphere so at that point it's like it's not about work ethic in my mind and I'm and like congratulations to those who did who did make it out <laughs> but I think that um in those communities there needs to be like more opportunities or in better atmosphere and then we can talk about you know effort and putting more effort and stuff like that. And lastly, if you had the opportunity to describe how your education uh, would be shaped, would you have done anything differently? Why or why not? Um, I've thought a lot about this question, actually, when I came here and when I was trans- thinking about transferring. But I think I've come to the conclusion that I would not and that I'm very happy with my path. Um, I, especially from my old, my, or my college that I went to, I was 
I learned a lot about myself, what I wanted, what I didn't want. And, and that's why I landed in DC because I wanted to be in a diverse community and a classroom where I was, I could have a conversation with someone that was from China or, or somewhere from Europe and not be in a classroom being like the only one who has, I don't know, cultural experience, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I think DC was definitely the right place and AU has also, um, I love my professors and I've learned a lot. So I think right now I'm very happy with it. You know, there's always a price to pay at coming at a, at coming to a white school, um, with, um, racism and, um, you know, with stuff like that. But to me, like my education, like I'm willing to not almost go through all that, but like, I'm willing to, I don't know what I'm just, like, sit and, and go through that and, it, you know, because I don't want to, like, um, not have the potential of my educational experience, if that makes sense, like. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't, I don't agree those things should be happening, but I value my education a lot more to not be scared of that stuff yeah to get to me yeah well those are all the questions I have for you today thank you for sitting down and answering (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much too and I'm sorry for blabbing at you (laughs) all right thank you guys for listening and I hope to um hope that you can come and catch my next podcast (laughs) 